Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 265 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna Defoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, Black back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to today's very special guest. I'm super excited to welcome Yasmin Boland, the author of Moonology, to the show. Hi, Yasmin. Hi, Joanna. I'm so excited to have a longer conversation with you. I was very surprised and pleased when you invited me onto Hay House Radio to talk about the shadow and law of attraction, two of my favorite subjects, but I loved talking to you so much. I'm like, I need to invite her on my show too. <laughs> yes. Well, that will be your Scorpio moon that you just told me about that why you love all the dark stuff. Oh yes, that's true. Yes. And it surprises people because I have a very bubbly, goofy personality and then they get, yes. to, they get to know me better and they're like, Oh, what's this other thing? <laughs> you must be a real revelation to your romantic partners when you meet them you know because I, I actually just as we as we were coming on air I googled you so I could see what you look like so I know who I'm talking to and you know you look like this angel and you've got <laughs> as you say this really bright bubbly personality and yet you've got this Scorpio moon and this uh, kind of dark side so it must be interesting for your lovers as they get to know you and you know realize you're not you know just the bubbly blonde <laughs> thank you I think yeah. a lot of depth <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the journey maybe here of the podcast, too. It's like, who is this goofball? And like, oh, well, right. that, that's interesting. Now we're talking about death. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you have the most interesting take, too, on manifesting and using the moon cycles. And I want to talk about all month here, like planning, because I am a big planner nerd. And so many of my listeners are planner nerds. Like we buy our special date book for the year ahead and we start planning. I personally see this time of year. It's kind of like the balsamic phase of the year. It's like, you know, we're coming up on the new year, but it's such a good time to do releasing work and forgiveness work. And you have a fresh take, I think, on the full moon, because you talk, right. you talk about using the full moon as a time to do some forgiveness work. And I usually do that in that in the dark phase of the moon. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I certainly can. Um, and I'd love to talk to you about planners as well. Um, I'll tell you why later. But so um, the reason why I work with the uh, full moon is, well, I work with the new moon for setting intentions, but then the full moon 
Okay, so think about it in astrology. The moon swells every month. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. As we get towards the full moon, it takes about two weeks from the time of the new moon. It gets bigger and bigger. And actually, astrologically, the moon, the full moon, uh, or the moon represents emotions. So as the moon swells, our emotions swell. So we all know that uh, at the time of the full moon, people are said to go a bit loony. And it's because all our emotions are coming up. And as I always say, most of us, unless we were very lucky, haven't really been taught how to process our emotions. So here comes the full moon, the emotions swelling, emotions coming up to the surface, and we have no real way of dealing with the emotions. We don't know what to do, and that's why we act out. People act out at full moon, and things happen. People go a bit crazy. There's, you know, all, all the nurses will say the ER wards go crazy. They shudder when they know it's a full moon and all that. So for me, uh, because I like to do moon work, for me it's really, really important at the time of the full moon to deal with the emotions. And a blanket way to deal with the emotions every month is just to do a little forgiveness ceremony, okay? And I'll just make a little caveat because whenever I talk about this, there's always someone who says, um, you know, I can't forgive X for whatever he did or whatever she did. I can't, I'll never forgive that. So the thing about forgiveness is it's not about making it okay. Whatever happened doesn't necessarily become suddenly okay. It's – well, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, bless, oh, bless you. Except bless. I didn't. <laughs> bless you. Bless you anyway. <laughs> the sneeze that almost have almost happened. Thank you very much, Joanna. Um, so, yes, so the thing is that it, um, you don't have to – forgiving someone doesn't mean what they did was okay – what it means is that you are now going to choose to move on from it, okay? You're going to forgive them. You're going to accept that they did the best they could under the situation that they were in with the tools that they had available or the personality that they had available to them at the time, and you are going to forgive them and you are going to move on. And forgiveness is really one of the most profound things we can do um, spiritually and energetically. And because all the emotions are so accessible at the time of the full moon, that's the time to do the full, the full moon forgiveness practice. And uh, I'll just say I actually probably one of the ways I started thinking about this, there are quite a few things that led me here, but there's a particular book by a woman called Jennifer Hoffman, which is called Ascending into Miracles, uh, which is an amazing, amazing, amazing self-published book. And uh, I read it. It was the kind of book where you literally you read a chapter and you have to go and lie down because it's so much information and it's, mm. it reprograms you sort of thing while you're reading it. And one of the chapters in there was about how um, forgiving someone breaks the karma between you, okay? So when someone does something to you, uh, there's like an energetic karmic connection and any of your anger becomes karmic. And basically when you forgive someone, you break the karma, you release the karma, you let it go. And until we learn to forgive, we're just going to keep on experiencing the same old, same old all the time. So that's why they're kind of the reasons why I like to do the full moon forgiveness and i should just add it dovetails really well with the new moon intention setting uh because you can't really do good intention setting if you've got lots and lots of anger um, or resentment or upset so again sort of pouring out all your anger and upset with a little ceremony at the time of the full moon uh is actually going to boost your manifesting skills in two weeks time i have 
fully am on board with that. I really believe that a lot of us attract that we're very magnetic and we attract with our shadows. So that forgiveness ritual at the full moon gives you an opportunity to have something of a clean slate to start working exactly with and start yeah. manifesting from a clearer place. I also think the full moon, now that I hear you talking about this, a lot of people they feel like energetic cords between them and someone and they do yeah. cord cutting rituals. And I'm thinking, well, forgiveness should absolutely be a part of that ritual. And what a cool time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my theory is kind of like, well, if all my emotions are going to be on the surface, I might as well use that time constructively in a kind of a, in a very logical way, you know, that is so powerful. I had never thought about that until I got your book, Moonology, and a friend gifted it to me this summer, and oh. I liked it very much. I had never heard of you before, so that's partly why it was such a surprise to hear from you. I thought, oh, there's some synchronicity going on here, and then <laughs> just now when I was listening to you talk about forgiveness, I thought, and this is it. I, I have really switched my focus on forgiving myself. That's something I'm really working on right now because I have a lot of chronic pain and something Louise Hay said that I had heard her say a million times, but it just really resonated with me one day was that pain demands to be, or excuse me, guilt demands to be punished. And if you have a lot of guilt, you most likely have a lot of chronic pain. And I, was, I heard her say it and I thought, well, what do I feel guilty about? And so I really started working on forgiveness in addition to all the other things I'm doing to address this. But so. Sorry, oh. Joanna, my office phone is ringing. I've just taken the battery out of it. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Right. Um, yeah, okay. So guilt is one thing and self-forgiveness is also, you know, crucial. Like it is, I mean, I've got a, a thing in, in the book um, you probably read where it's got the uh, formula for forgiveness and karma release, which is a kind of a, it's not very long. It's probably about 150 words, 100 words, 150 words. Uh, so we got cut off from technology. I yeah, was... you were talking about hey, ha about um, Louise Hay and guilt. Yes, yes, and, and forgiveness, uh, self-forgiveness. Yes, yes, which is a really important subject. So how... Let's talk about that with the full moon. Do you have any good suggestions? I know you do something on your website that you offer on the new moon and the full moon ways yes. for people to specifically work with whatever that moon is. So we just had a Taurus moon, for example. So you have, yes. what did you have for that? So, okay, so if you know a little bit about astrology, it's actually really easy to work with all the different moons. So, for example, the Taurus full moon is very much about, well, partly about, say, abundance and therefore abundance blocks. So if you think about it, the new moon is the time to start things. The full moon is the time to let things go, which is why we let anger and upset go as well. But it can also be a time to let go of our fears, our doubts and any blocks we have. So uh, with the full moon, what I wrote about uh, was about releasing blocks to abundance because, uh, well, I, I mean, I did that partly because I did a survey on my site recently and the number of people who want to 
want help with finances. And I thought, okay, fine. Everybody wants help with finances. I'll focus on that for Taurus. I mean, Taurus is about more than just money. But if you've got abundance blocks, it's a really, really good time. Uh, the Taurus full moon is the time to kind of work out where they came from and uh, and to see, you know, if you, if you feel like it came because of your childhood or because of, um, you know, your ex your ex-partner or whatever anything that you need to release then any upsets you need to release around money any disappointments just to let it go to make peace with yourself you know some people i know you know you can make a bad investment or you can spend too much and you you know self-forgiveness forgiving other people it's all crucial and and you can use the moon as a sort of a i call it a mala i don't know not not everyone knows what that means but a mala is one of those strings of beads you can get especially in india and you kind of do chanting on each bead and with the zodiac i feel like it's a, like a mala so taurus can be financial issues the next full moon we're going to get is going to be the full moon in gemini so that's going to be releasing issues you have around communication um, if you're writing something it can be a good time to release writer's blocks uh, it can be um, a time to release issues that you have around anything around travel if you really want to go away and you're thinking why do I never make manifest myself a holiday away anything like that you can work on yourself um, and then you know the full moon in cancer it's going to be family and on and on it goes uh, Leo confidence and so on so you can work with every single full moon. And if you work on yourself over the period of a year, you will have actually worked on yourself in every part of your life. And that's really, really powerful because, you know, that's how we're going to evolve by changing the way we behave, basically, in the way and, and making peace with what's happened in the past, whether you're forgiving yourself or forgiving someone else. That is a really, really powerful thing as well. So, wow. yeah. I love that. It's so perfect, too, in this month where I want to talk about planning for the year ahead because of exactly what you just said. It gives you an opportunity to look into all the different rooms of your house and see what needs healing yes. and cleaning and decluttering and uh, exactly <laughs> freshening up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you want to as well, you know, you can just use the moon as a cosmic timer and you can do it throughout the month as well. You can just sort of work out where the moon is on any given day and you think about where you are in your life at that moment, at that point, you know. So, for example, I think, let's see, today, uh, if I just get my chart up, today we've got the moon in Cancer. So, you know, it's a really good time to be um, talking to your family, sorting out things with your family. And, you know, it, we're in the waning cycle because we've just had the, um, the full moon. So we're on the way to the new moon. We're in the waning cycle. It's not a great time to start things, but it's still, you know, working with the moon every day. It's like you're, you're getting in tune not just with the moon, but also with the planet and with the solar system and with the cosmos, basically. So it really, really, really changes lives when you start to work with the moon. Mm. I saw something. You started a new website. So you have moonology.com. Yes. Which, which is where people, it's very handy. If you go to moonology.com, there are tabs across the top, and you can look up what the current upcoming new moon is and then yes uh, yasmin offers free like a free way like what is it like a little 
there's the wishing guide that I've got, which is basically just a little bit of information about wishing and then some space to make your wishes. Right. So it's just helping people who've never done it before to sort of get get started. Yeah, it's nice though. It's very handy. And then you have one for the full moon and it's it's very user friendly. And now she has a website called yesstrology.com, which is <laughs> yes. it's, it's going to be involving other astrology other astrologers and really getting yes. into, I think, more of the uh, complex ways that the, the planetary energies might be influencing us or echoing, I think, is a better way to think of it, maybe. Um, like, as above, so below, there's some kind of resonance there. But you have, across the top of that website, something that says, Why Astrology? And then you said, because it works. And I, <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down. I was like, we need to talk about that because I think, how does it work? And I think you just gave us a lovely example of that. But is that something you can flesh out a little bit more for us? Like, how, how does sure. it work? Well, I mean, you know, it's anybody's guess how it works. Um, my feeling is this. I come from the belief, uh, and I know a lot of people share this belief, that we are all connected to all life everywhere. So um, I'm connected to you, even though we've never met in the flesh. We're all connected and we're all kind of part of the same, you know, the same thing. All us humans, we're all really spiritual beings having human experiences, as, as they say. And our spirits are all connected and they all get more and more connected sort of the further up you go. The, if you go to your higher self and then you go to your soul tribe and you go to your soul group, but it, you know, we're all connected in the end. We're all coming off some great central source or sun or divinity or whatever you want to call it. So I truly believe we're all connected to all life everywhere. Now, with that idea as the basis, um, it actually makes sense that the planet's uh, movements around the earth or around the sun i should say sorry but the planet's movements around the sun and around you know the universe basically because they're all moving like they're all part they're like um cogs in a very very big cosmic watch and an astrologer basically learns to read uh the time on the cosmic clock and so for me uh it's not that un not that unlikely that somehow we've cracked this cosmic code and as, the, as all the planets, including us, go around the sun and they make different angles to each other, for thousands and thousands of years, we have uh, decoded the energies whenever the particular astrological aspects take place. So uh, we look at, you know, if, if Mars is squaring Pluto, it tends to be a day when people are angrier. And when Venus is uh, on Jupiter, things are much nicer, much sweeter. So, I mean... How it works and how we how we discovered this, I really don't know. Like it literally dates back thousands and thousands of years. But what I always say is it's so important if you're learning astrology to test it because that's when it starts to become unbelievable. Um, especially I found when I was learning astrology like 20 years ago, first started learning, um, backdating stuff so for example looking at you know just say if you had a really really tumultuous breakup with someone you know take a look at what was happening then in your life astrologically or if you had a really um, tumultuous job for example take a look at what was going on in your chart then um, I say astrology works just because it just works and it's really mysterious and I don't believe anybody knows why it works 
Um, but the people who say, you know, who poo astro- who poo poo astrology, most of them have never really tested it. Once you start testing it, you start to go, aha, that's amazing. So that's that's why I say why astrology. Apart from the site is called ast- astrology with a Y in front of it. So mm, yes. <laughs> that's the other reason. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, it, it sucks me in because of what you just said. I. I have like this skeptical side to me. I'm like a woo-woo skeptic, which is so funny because that is I, funny. I love magic, right? So I kind of like yeah. come in and out with it like, this is all BS. And then I circle back around to it because I don't know. It just, it, it seems to work and I don't know why and I can't figure it out. Yeah. But that's kind of what always sucks me back in. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, when I say about everything all being connected to all life everywhere, so... That, what I'm saying is so the planets are all connected to each other and we're all connected to the planets. So everything moves kind of in this great cosmic dance. And, you know, the other thing is with your Scorpio moon that you mentioned to me, I hope you don't mind that I've told everyone you've got a Scorpio oh, moon. No, I, ta- I, I, talk about I probably should have asked you first. Oh, good. Um, you know, again, Scorpio is about magic and especially right now. Um, Scorpio has got a lot of magic because it's got Pluto in its third house, but it's a very, which is a magical planet. So, but you've got, you know, like you need magic, you need the dark side. And here you are a Libran, which is charming. And, you know, everyone thinks would find you when they meet, you would find you very charming and very easy to get along with and very likable. And you've got this side to you. And astrology just helps us understand ourselves as well. It's not just for predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, it can, it's really amazing the, the insights it gives you. Like when I first started astrology, I was like, I'm not bothered about what we call natal astrology. So that's when we um, look at our actual birth chart because I thought, well, I know what I'm like. I don't need to look at a horoscope chart to tell me that. I just want to make predictions. So I kind of jumped straight to predictions um, but then over the years, you know, I started to look more at um, natal astrology as well. And it is unbelievably fascinating and accurate. Yeah, that part really intrigues me. I, I love to ask people what their moon sign is because of what you just said. So what is yours? What's your sun and your moon? Okay, so I'm Cancerian. Oh. I've got, yeah, um, I've got a Capricorn moon. So I, I need order. Um, I need structure. I need things. I need to sort of more or less know what's going on and when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing about my moon is if you know a little bit about astrology, you'll understand how funny this is, is that it's actually conjunct, that means in the same place as my MC, which is my career line. So basically, I've got the moon in my career. And here I am with my business called Moonology. Like, I honestly <laughs> didn't plan it. I didn't think of it in advance. I came up with a word when I was learning astrology and I said it to my teacher at the time and she kind of cocked her head to one side and went, ooh, remember that, it's important. I went, okay. So I kind of wrote it down and uh, and, event- and it literally didn't occur to me, oh, of course you're going to have a site called Moonology. You've got your moon conjunct, your MC. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. And then I'm Taurus rising. Okay. So. Wow, that's, yeah. I think that's a lot of good career energy to, to balance out the Cancer Moon, which I know can be a little bit of a homebody. But having Capricorn yes. there, that's probably what makes you a great writer. And then you have Capricorn there to like be like, let's do this step by step by step by step. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've got Venus and Mars in Gemini, so that's very, um, that's very writery as well. Mm, 
yeah, helps with the communication. Yeah, that's so neat. Um, also, I want to tell people that that you do have a weekly show on Hay House Radio where they can learn even more and uh, kind of go on that journey with you because this is something that you talk about on a weekly basis and then you have it on, yeah. have it on your website, like I said, for them to go look at like, well, how are we going to work with this new moon? How are we going to work with this full moon? And they can start getting into the rhythm of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Joanna, you probably don't know, but I'm actually an ex-TV journalist uh, and uh, print journalist. And so I actually think that when I started to do astrology, I, um, I kind of went into the business of astro journalism in a way i i want to let people know what's happening on a on a week-to-week basis and sort of to let them know if there's something good coming up advantages they can they can take um opportunities that are going to come up so that's kind of what i try and do in my stars and on the hay house show excuse me the hay house radio show as well because um i kind of i don't know i just have this thing where i like to let people know what's going on and i like to tell people what's going on in the skies and to what what energies they can expect so it's really kind of just it's really part of my dna it's part of who i am everything i'm doing (laughs) yeah it feels like an extension of the journalistic work exactly exactly so it's my way of trying to not everybody wants to learn it um, some people just like to be able to read about it and some people like to learn it. I wanted to learn it, but um, some people are just happy for people like me to decode it for them and to say, okay, well, you know, this is this new moon's going to be easy or it's going to be challenging or, you know, it's, it's just, I mean, it's just, for me, it's just an advantage. Like I'm trying to teach my son um, about astrology a little bit as we go just because, you know, I want him to be able to, I don't know, make good decisions and, and do things at the right time and that kind of thing because it really helps with timing and, uh, you know, when you do have a decision to make, if you look at this chart, once you're in astrology, once you understand astrology, you look at a chart of, for now and go, is this the right time to do X, Y, Z and think, no, nah, so not. So, you know, it really is empowering learning astrology as well. Mm-hmm. I think I really recommend people get your book, Moonology, for people who are feel overwhelmed by astrology. I get a lot of comments. Uh, yeah. I, do, I do not teach astrology, but I have my moments where I'm excited about something and I talk about it and I get feedback with people saying, you know, I got excited about it, but it was so overwhelming. I just gave up. Yes. This book is a great way. It would be awesome to plan 2018 and, and just be like, okay, I'm just going to commit to working with the moon. Yes. For one year. Yes. And I think you'll have an amazing understanding of not only the moon, but the different planets as, as you go around. Uh, yes. The moon phases for a year. I think that's a fantastic yeah. starter kit right there. Yeah. Well, what I tried to do with the book was I tried to make it accessible to anyone even if they didn't know any astrology at all and even if they didn't believe in astrology because you don't even need to believe in astrology because the basic premise of the book is that with the moon we can plan, create and predict our lives and you do not need to know astrology. I mean, women have been working with the moon, you know, since time immemorial. Like witches would always work with the moon and not all of them would have been fully-fledged astrologers. It seems to me, and I haven't really researched this sort of properly but just from what I've read over the years um, all the famous astrologers in the past nearly all of them were men 
And I think women were just sort of not necessarily doing astrology so much as working with the moon and working with the moon cycles and the phases and the different, you know, the new moon and the full moon and the quarter moon and all that. So it's something that comes really naturally to most women to just start to, uh, you know, to start to think about the moon. It's something that people seem to pick up really easily and you certainly don't need to know anything about astrology. Yeah, I feel like it's in our DNA as well because we yes. before we had clocks or calendars, every, yep. everybody's life was structured by the moon. And True. Every month was a moon cycle. And there's a calendar. Yep. Do you have the Lunaria calendar? No, I don't have it. I, I don't feel have like it. you would just yeah. love it. It would be such oh, okay. a good. It would be such a good Yasmin Christmas present because it's All right. a calendar that's laid out by the phases of the moon instead of the weird system that we use now, and it's very beautiful. Yes, it's very beautiful. It used to be. It used to be. Yeah, and the thing is as well that you know, women. The reason why we lost this is because women, obviously, you know, used to get burned at the stake for being witches. So. You know, we, we lost the ability to do it. But now, as I like to keep saying, they can't burn us anymore. We're allowed to work yes. with the moon if we want to. Yeah, I was very surprised. Which is, you know. I was surprised to hear you call yourself a witch. You know, you asked me how I became a witch. And I was like, that is a long, complicated story. So I'll just tell you, like, one piece of it, you know. And I talked about Oprah being called a witch. Yes, yes. Because she was empowering people and teaching them, I think, magic. And, and then you were yeah. saying, well, I call myself a witch. I was like, you do? I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, it's kind of come to me slowly. And it kind of crystallized for me a year or two ago where I was at um, a mind-body-spirit festival. I, I did a talk. And afterwards I went and I met this woman who very much identifies as a witch. And I, I bought a coat from her and, and we were talking. And, she, and I said, yes, you know, I, I don't know, sometimes I think I might be a bit of a witch. You know, I do astrology and, you know, I wear a star, this five-pointed star around my neck and a few other things. And, and then when I got home, and she was saying, oh, yeah, you're definitely a witch. And then when I got home, I looked and I'd actually got this uh, lovely um, five-pointed star uh, wreath you know, with leaves intertwined on it right outside the front door, which I put there after we'd been to some kind of, you know, very fun um, pagan celebration, but, you know, dressed up in family fun for the whole town kind of thing um, that they had down in the south of England. I put it out the front door and I took a photo of that and I said, oh, there we are, more proof that I'm a witch. She said, Yasmin, that is like really the final proof you need. <laughs> you know, you've put that there unconsciously to, for protection. And I just thought, you know what, I probably am a bit of a witch. So now I'm just used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And now I tell my son, I'm a good witch, darling. I'm a good witch. Yes. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think one day, coming very, very soon, because millennials have really gotten on board with the magic and the witchcraft, I yep. think one day we will not have to clarify, I'm a good witch. People will, yes, exactly. People will just know what it means. Yes. Um, I, wanna, I know we're running out of time, but I did want to quickly ask you something, mainly for my listeners, because we have a lot of angel people who love angels and work with angels and I don't and um, because they're listening to me all the time talk about all the stuff I love I feel like I have an opportunity now to throw them a bone <laughs> an angel bone but you co okay you co-wrote a book called angel astrology 101 and it's uh, the subtitle is discover the angels connected with your birth chart. And that's another thing I have never heard of before ever. So 
can you give us a little, and people can read the book, but can you give us a little taste of what, what are your ideas about that? I've never heard of that before. Okay, so basically what happened was that um, I read, I was just reading, you know, lots of esoteric kind of books as you do. And I, I read one now, I'm afraid I can't remember its name, I'm so sorry, that um, that put together all the uh, angels and the star signs um, and I ended up talking to the head of Hay House Australia saying, um, you know, I read this book that had, it, but they weren't the archangels, they were these sort of weird angels, I don't really know what they were in particular, but I ended up talking to him about it and he was working with Doreen Virtue. Um, who I'm not sure where she stands on uh, on astrology at the moment because you know she's going through this big transformation. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, but anyway, he said, "Well, if you," uh, I said, "Well, it's very interesting because apparently there's a connection between angels and astrology." And and he said, "Well, if you want to write about angels, Yasmin, you're going to have to work with Dorian Virtue." And I was like, "Well, okay, I'll do that. That'd be fun." So. Uh, uh, I got in touch with Doreen or he put us in touch and she said, oh, well, the only thing is I'd need to know which angels you associate with which sign. And I was like, well, I didn't really read about that. I just read about these other sort of, they called them Davies. It was a little bit, it was very, very archaic kind of John D kind of stuff. And I said, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll sit down, I'll meditate on it. So I sat down, I meditated on it and I came up with my idea of which, which archangel would suit which sign. And I sent it to Doreen, and um, and we actually had about nine in common, and uh, with with a list that she had actually published, which I didn't know she'd published. I, I thought she was kind of testing me, but she actually already had sort of gone public with her belief about which angels go with which sign. So because it, we had this kind of nine out of twelve match, we decided to let's go ahead and 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 do it. And you know her her angels that she had picked weren't sort of plucked out of the air like mine were. Hers were based on proper, proper research, whereas I just kind of sat down and thought, well, this one would go with this one, this one would go with this one, and did it kind of intuitively. But she's quite academic and quite scholarly, and she'd been researching it. And that's kind of how it came, how we came to it. So, again, it's kind of like a mala, because um, if you know, you know, which angel is working with which um new moon for example for so for example the the angel of the taurus moon would have been shamuel and shamuel is the angel who's very very good at helping us find things um so you know if you were looking for something like money or love or a new job or a new house or whatever the time when the moon's in taurus where it's the daily moon the full moon the new moon whatever you can you can associate it with shamuel so it's kind of um i mean it's kind of uh, a side thing that I did and I'm glad I did it but I haven't gone that far with it I did that one book with Doreen I'd actually really much really like to do it something that takes us into the new moon the full moon and working with angels I, I and also ascended masters and goddesses um, it's something that's sort of in my plans to do one day but you can work with all of them um, once you start researching things, something like astrology, I mean, you literally go down a rabbit hole. There are so many connections uh, that you can make with astrology that have been made by, you know, great, great minds in the past. Like all the angels um, have always been associated with different signs, you know, throughout history. And it's just a matter of kind of uncovering all that information and, and trying to make it applicable to modern day life. You know, that's that's kind of it. 
Yeah, for me, I really am interested in the associations between astrology and tarot. And like you said, there's so many different, it's a rabbit hole. You're just like, ah, I think that's why, yeah. that's why people get overwhelmed. Um, so yeah. I like to just pick one thing and, and feel like I have some kind of mastery before I move on to another. And then once you start looking at the connections, it's very exciting. If you have, if you have at least a basic understanding, you, you start making connections yourself like you did um, intuitively connecting the angels with the different um, signs and stuff like that. It sounds yeah. like that book that you would like to write would be a nice next step for people who read Moonology. It's like the advanced, the, the, yeah. the advanced version of that. Yeah. Well, what I'm actually working on right now, I'm working on a deck of Oracle cards, Moonology Oracle cards for Hay House, which will come out next year. But as soon as I've done with those, which I'm supposed to be finished in five days, <laughs> I've still got a bit to do. So <laughs> I might be a day or two late over my deadline. Um, but as soon as I've done, I'm done with that. I've, my next project is something which I think you will probably love from the sounds of things, which is basically a planner for the year 2019, oh! but a moon planner, a, a moon planner. So, you know, maybe we should speak off air about, you know, what you would like to know, because it's really going to be designed for anyone who likes to plan. And I said, I've got a Capricorn moon. I'm a big planner. Um, you know, so it would be a diary that basically helps people see where we are in the moon cycle, you know, what, it, what, what when the next moon is, what the flavor of the next moon will be, things to be working with, letting go, attracting, manifesting and all that. Okay, I just heard a collective cheer echoing. <laughs> I know for you have to come back next year when it's time to get when that thing when we're ready to promote yes, it because that I would be fun. Oh, I know for sure. I know for sure. Uh, my listeners would be <laughs> really excited about that. I'm excited about. That. Well, I will. I will try and see if I can run a few things past you because I, I. I haven't done that much bullet journaling or anything like that. I'm I'm always planning. I plan everything on my computer with my little Google calendar and everything. Uh, but I would love to talk to someone who's a big planner fanatic and help, you know, make a book that you're going to love, basically. Yeah, yeah. I am a planner nerd. I, I am proud to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to end these things by asking one question, and it does not have to be your end-all, be-all answer, just whatever answer first springs to mind. But what is okay. one, one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Okay, one tip, very easy. So every full moon, do your forgiveness ritual so that you are clear energetically as possible. And then two weeks later at the time of the new moon, as soon after the new moon as you can, sit down and make a list of your top 10 wishes, dreams, desires, intentions and commitments that you're willing to make for the coming month. Just do that once a month, one, one full moon ritual, one new moon ritual and you will start to create a truly kick-ass life. I love it. It's so magical. And so straightforward. Yes. It's practical and it's practical magic. It is practical magic. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for now. Now that I know you have a deadline looming, thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Oh, my pleasure, Joanna. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Much love to you. Peace.